0: Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm
1: Caroline. Caroline, have you ever been
0: to a man cave? (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, I guess that's what you could call the uh, dark, dank uh, hellscape that is the basement at my parents' house where my father hoards all of his personal belongings and things, but no, not like the stereotypical, like, I've got race medals and Dale Earnhardt posters on the wall type of place. You know, now that I think about it, Caroline, I don't think I have been to an
0: official man cave either. But maybe it's just because we aren't allowed in man caves.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we don't have the password. There's a secret knock. Well, for those listeners who might be
0: confused and also a little bit horrified, who who might not have heard this term man cave before, we do have a handy definition
1: from the esteemed website, (laughs) epicmancave.net <laughs> Yes, there's a whole there's a whole .net dedicated to it. Uh, yeah, they define it as a space for men to kick back and relax away from the annoyances of everyday life. They can be decorated entirely by men without fear of upsetting their partners and are often used to show off sports memorabilia. Man caves are also a great place to have a quote unquote boys night, perhaps to play a game of poker or watch a big sports event. I love sports events without worrying about creating a mess in the house. They are becoming a necessity. They are becoming a necessity. This is like critical language that apparently they haven't been one to every man's life and have been widely dubbed as the last bastion of masculinity. So, Kristen, what does that tell you about a man cave? It tells me that we have to talk about man caves, because anything
0: that is dubbed the last bastion of masculinity is essentially just a siren song for you <laughs> and I to to do what we do here on Stuff Mom Never Told You. And it tells me, too, that there is some real intense gendering of domestic spaces going on. Which, not surprisingly, we've talked about this before in our podcast not so long ago on interior design. We've talked about it before in the context of, say, kitchens mm-hmm. and women's place being in the home. Um, and the fact that, especially in the 21st century, we now have this term man cave, also known as a mantuary or man space or just a manly retreat, <laughs> is notable that we are, rather than moving away from gendering these spaces, it seems like, at least for some households, it's becoming even
1: more segregated in a way. Yeah, but it's funny because you mentioned the gendering of spaces in the house like kitchens, but it's not as if the kitchen really equates to a man cave. I mean, yes, you might like cooking, whoever you are, man or woman or whatever, but that's still a place of work where work has to be done with a purpose to feed yourself and others. Whereas this man cave concept is purely sort of an escape. It's, it's a retreat. It's, it's a place where a lot of men in this study that we'll refer to later. A lot of these guys were interviewed and said that it's a place they go to sort of reflect on life and get away from the stresses of both work and family. And, and I wouldn't say that any, female-gendered space in the house is quite equivalent. And Caroline, you
0: also mentioned your dad having his basement, quote-unquote, man cave, even though I have a feeling your dad did not call it a man cave. And my dad had slash has a similar kind of thing. His office is in the basement, Mm -hmm. and growing up, that's where he would be if he couldn't find dad he was downstairs like that was his space i think it was very you know convenient for him for it to be in the basement so completely removed from the family not to say that my dad doesn't love me and <laughs> my family um so especially since this is father's day week we wanted to dig more into the man cave thing because this term is new but the idea Of men in particular having these particular spaces in the home really isn't. They've just gone by more generic names like
1: office, library. Which is the correct pronunciation of library. Library. Yeah, and I mean I think I think what is new, what I would argue is new, is all of the stuff around like shows that you have on DIY or HGTV. Uh, specifically about man caves and having everything be, like, super themed and, like, oh, my God, it's an indoor golf course with a, a kegerator with 15 kegs in it, you know, and other, like, you know, quote-unquote manly things. Like, I think that's a new concept. But, yeah, the whole idea of, like, having a masculine space to which you can retreat to write your great American novel, like, that is that's nothing new. Yeah,
0: so Art of Manliness... For instance, rounded up historical man caves, in quotes, that included things like Hemingway's writing room in Key West, Teddy Roosevelt's trophy room in his house in uh, Oyster Bay, New York, Mark Twain's writing hut, which... By the way, I want
1: a writing hut so bad now, Caroline. Yeah, it's this beautiful little, like, is it a hexagon shaped? But it's this beautiful little hut with these huge windows that sits on a hilltop. And he's just got the countryside spread out around him. And I would write there. Yeah, he, he had it built on his sister's property. because
0: He was like, you know what? I'm Mark Twain and I've got important things to write, but I need to be by myself to
1: do it. A hut of one's own. That's
0: all I want.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they also featured Thoreau's cabin. All he had was a bed and a desk with a chair and I think a table with a chair. And a big screen TV (laughs) with Netflix and HBO Go on it. And even Winston Churchill's art studio where he would go to, when he felt the black dog of depression closing in, he would go paint. Yeah,
0: so again, these are not necessarily man caves. These are simply... Offices, libraries, studios, huts, billiard rooms, trophy rooms, places where these very famous and successful men would go to do their work or maybe take some time just like out of the day, hang out, relax, as in the case of like a billiards room. Mm -hmm. Um, But... At the time, when these guys were hanging out there, I, I doubt they were, you know, having to tell their friends. Uh, yeah, bro, I can't hang out this weekend. I'm going to man cave it up. Although I don't know that anyone has ever had that phone call before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would be more like I'm man caving it up. You should come over. Exactly. And and we'll 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 foster some uh, homosociality.
0: Yes. Well, and speaking, Caroline. Of homosociality, this is something that a professor at the University of Florida named James B. Twitchell wrote an entire book about. He teamed up with a photographer to uh, create this book called Where Men Hide. And it focuses on, not so much on the man cave idea, but on the more men-only homosocial places, these gathering spaces for men. And Twitchell in the book argues that men have been Hiding away, as he puts it, for forever, whether it is kind of in the more isolated setting of a workshop, garage, home office, or in more fraternal spaces like Masonic lodges,
1: pool halls, barbershops, or (laughs) strip clubs. And in this sort of nostalgic look at these all-male spaces, he, he Twitchell does mourn the loss of the, the more traditional spaces, you know, not so much the garage. Dudes still have their garage or, you know, like our dads with their basements. But he does mourn the loss of those communal man spaces. And I do think, though, that it's important
0: to put Twitchell's book and this idea of mourning the loss of these spaces in the context of it coming out around the same time as this book called Bowling Alone by Robert D. Putnam, which I had to read in journalism school, Caroline. I don't know if you had to read it. I didn't. I've had it on my shelf since 2007. Well, it's so dated now because it really focuses in on this time of, I guess, in the late 90s, really, where you see this erosion of more communal life, and we're now, rather than being being on bowling teams, we're just bowling alone. So it sort of rides a similar kind of uh, a similar kind of theory about how like men used to have these spaces to be together and hang out and foster their homosociality, but now they they're alone and they're just alone alone. They're not even in like necessarily
1: their own spaces. But I also do think it's worth noting that Twitchell isn't really framing these spaces, whether it is a home office or whether it is a barber shop or whatever. It's not that it's so exclusionary, it's more the result of what he says is social anxiety. In a review of Twitchell's book, the reviewer writes, when women want to get together, they just do it. When men get together, it's a production. And that that would be like the, hey, I'm, I'm man-caving it up tonight. Why don't you come over? Like, we're going to watch sports, and we're going to play video games and do other stereotypical male things because we're getting away from the wife. Yeah, so in that sense, as we'll dig into later
0: in the podcast... It's, that is seen as a point in favor of man caves of, well, we used to have these spaces outside the home. Those are gone because everybody's quote unquote bowling alone. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I am going to build my mini golf course with my 15 keg kegerator, which would be so large. (laughs) So large. (laughs) So much beer. Um, and there was an academic paper that we found about this, God bless you, academia, uh, called Man Caves and Masculinity. And in it, the author charts a little bit of history in terms of the development of these kinds of fraternal spaces. And she notes that proto-man caves for just the everyday dude, not necessarily the Winston Churchill or Teddy Roosevelt, who would have like their own like private estates that they could run off to. This really started in the post-World War II era when you have middle-class American men coming home from these violent brotherhood-oriented battlefields to what some considered very emasculating suburban homes. Because, of course, we have, you know, with that Rosie the Riveters all going home, you have advertisers really pushing you know, domesticity Mm -hmm. women, you know, even with the fashions, it becomes more hyper feminized. Mm -hmm. And then the guys come home and it's, it's a lady's
1: palace. Well, yeah, in this study, the authors also point out that when you're a homeowner, part of your identity is tied up in that house. And then you sort of reflect your own identity Uh, in the way you decorate it. And so that's a theme that runs throughout this whole paper and ties in a lot with the idea of men having their own spaces because if the home, the internal workings of the home are all feminized, and so then the house has this feminine identity that men are returning to, it seems natural in that line of thinking that they are carving out their own space that is more masculine. But in the process... Doing some decorating, doing some space planning, things that are traditionally feminine, but they are sort of validating their own space in the house by putting their stamp on it. Yeah,
0: and you see that first happen in with the rise of post-World War II suburbia with things like garages. And barbecuing, mm-hmm. uh, the, the study author writes about barbecuing specifically that it, quote, reasserted the post-war male's position outside the public sphere as a hunter, as well as offering men a refuge in a traditional and stable identity. So you get this balance of, well, I really am grappling with my masculinity. I need to, you know, figure out how to kind of exercise that and assert it. But at the same time, I am still invested in this domesticity. How do I make domesticity my own? Oh, I'm going to go out into the garage because also keeping in mind our podcast on men and cars and how that was marketed, marketed in such a masculine kind of way, it makes sense that the garage would become, you know, the the first man cave.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, my dad when I was growing up, my dad grilled a ton. And it was kind of that he was straddling that line because when he went outside to grill, he was just it was just him and the meat and the fire. But he was making it for his two his two gals inside the house. The exact same thing happened, Caroline, when I went home to see my parents for Mother's
0: Day. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, since this is a Father's Day podcast, when my dad was grilling some chickens. And he, while I was inside helping my mom, you know, prepare sides and all that, and hang out and catch up, he was outside the whole time. And he yeah. had a book, mm-hmm. and he had his chair, and he, you know, he, he did not need to be out there. Those chickens were fine on their <laughs> own. And at one point, I asked her, what, what, "What's what's Dad up to? Where is he?" And she's like, "Oh, he's just outside. He's watching the chickens. <laughs> he's got his book. He's happy as can be." It was kind of like a, yeah, let him let him be let him be alone <laughs> if he wants to be." Yeah. Well, he's maybe he's
1: given you and your mom space too for Mother's Day. Yeah,
0: but I think he he really takes pride in that act of of grilling, of watching over the meats, you know, in such a concerted if slightly unnecessary kind of way.
1: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, moving from the garage and the grill pit as sort of traditional male spaces, we've also got p- plenty of pop cultural references, um, like Tim Allen's garage on Home Improvement. There's another garage. Al Bundy's and Archie Bunker's chairs. Uh, Fred Flintstone's Elk Lodge. But also, I was thinking that the dude's apartment on Friends could count as a man cave, because everybody was always over at Monica and Ray Rachel's apartment, that was like the main hangout. But then the guys had their own apartment across the hall that was kind of like a a man cave. Yeah, because they had their matching leather Lazy Boys
0: that they would recline at the same time. And oh, isn't that funny? And they had completely different decor. I mean, Caroline, you and I could do an entire podcast just on Lazy Boys and recliners and the idea of it, as was pointed (laughs) out in this paper, as a different kind of throne.
1: Yeah. Or, for the man of the house. Yeah. Well, I mean, one other one that I thought of was the Bat Cave, which is literally a cave for for a man, Mr. Bat. Yeah, for the, where Mr. Bat and his uh, Bat, Batman
0: friends hang out. Bill Batman in <laughs> yes. his cave. If you guys haven't seen Bill Batman, <laughs> it's a great show. So it is interesting, though, to see how pop culture in the decades since World War II has really fostered this idea, which leads us into this 21st century resurgence of the man cave with all this new man cave lingo, because that's the thing about all of this. It's not new ideologically. It's just new linguistically. We just now have this, this (laughs) 20 very two thousands era language for it. And in 2006, for instance, there was a publication of Sam Martin's book called Man Space, A Primal Guide to Marking Your Territory. And the Chicago Tribune did an interview with Sam Martin about his book, and a quote really jumped out to me. So he says, keep in mind when this is happening. This, I think the interview was taking place maybe in 2007. And he says, quote, men have had an identity problem since the women's movement. They've tried to figure out who they're supposed to be. For a while, women wanted them to be more sensitive, so they were more sensitive. Then women wanted them to be more manly. One of the things I discovered is when men have their own man space, what they put inside of it is really an
1: expression of who they are. Man space is about establishing an identity for a man. And that's exactly what we read about in that paper, Man Caves and Masculinity. It goes all the way back to when people were first moving to the suburbs and droves around and after World War II. But Martin would argue that it was really women's
0: fault. It was women wanting <laughs> making too many demands and you know, you know how women are flighty and can't <laughs> make up their mind all the time. That finally, you know, men are pushed to create these so called man spaces. So not surprisingly, in two thousand seven, you have the premiere of the show Man Caves, where you have it's the home renovation thing where dude gets a
1: man cave. Yeah, and I, I love I love just how I mean, baldly like out there, stereotypical chest thumping male it is. And I'm, I'm being sarcastic when I say that I love it. And I remember my boyfriend and I saw a commercial for this show, and we both just sort of rolled our eyes at each other. Because, I mean, he definitely is the type of person who, he needs his own space at the house, but that's because he works there. (laughs) Like, he works at home, and so he needs his own space, just like I need my own space. And they don't have to be gendered, though, necessarily. They just have to be spaces that allow us to actually be productive. Yeah,
0: I mean, and (laughs) I watched a brief clip of Man King, and Caroline, I was doing just as much eye rolling as you were when I watched some Man Caves clips. Because, you know, I gotta I gotta do my research. Yeah. <laughs> and and the description of one segment was his office became a nursery, so Mike gets a basement speakeasy man cave. And Mike, by the way, like in the voiceover for the beginning of this segment, they're like, Well, Mike was even able to sneak away from the hospital where his wife was to come plan
1: out the man cave. No that's that's where that's where I think there's a problem uh when when the space is actually keeping you from being with your family. Well later they brought the wife in oh, to show her to show her what she will never be able to use. Well with
0: this man cave it can double as a family room but with the speakeasy theme there are hidden bars there are hidden Bars. There are hidden like
1: <laughs> photos
0: of of scantily clad ladies. There's a, a really um, unfortunate portrait of Mike
1: smoking a cigar, wearing a fedora, on the wall well, now. What is it? What is it about suddenly having a family? Whether it's you've just gotten married or you've just had kids, that suddenly entitles you the the man person to a cave. Why? Why does the lady not get a, a space? Or why would you want one? <laughs> well, yeah. Well,
0: because he got kicked out of the office because the office became the nursery, Caroline. So, this is happening, though, in 2007. And one of the things I was most tickled about with this research was (laughs) how much... The Wall Street Journal latched on and has not let go of the man cave trend. They have an entire man cave beat. I kid (laughs) you not, people. And they've reported on it so feverishly. and, And perhaps because really in the late 2000s, a man cave industry was born. I mean, you have... Uh, something called Man Cave LLC that one article reported on, which is, quote, modeled after Mary Kay Cosmetics, where guys hold barbecue parties dubbed Meetings, that's M-E-A-T-I-N-G, to sell steak and cave accoutrement, such as bacon-scented candles and beer pagers to locate lost brew. Caroline is just bowing her head in disbelief. <laughs> But I love that it's modeled after Mary <laughs> Kay. because. I, I do you mean, think they
1: get a, at like a bacon print Cadillac if they sell enough accoutrement? Listen, if they do, I might sign up to become a sale. Well, I guess it I couldn't d- I be. I don't think you're allowed. Yeah,
0: I don't know that I'm allowed. And there are also online retailers like mancavemarket.com and the Man Cave Outlet Store, because apparently it's so big now that there are outlets for it. Um, so, I mean... Considering how this has ballooned into revenue streams, Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I think it says something. Well, yeah. And so, like, once we see... We've seen it on TV. We've seen it written about in books. But once we see it on the big screen in movies like I Love You, Man, and once paint companies start making money off of Man Cave Paint with names like Beer Time, Bro Code, and Zombie Apocalypse... Yeah, we're not making this up, listeners. There is a Canadian paint company called
0: CIL that did just that in 2011.
1: Yeah, so once once this is happening, and then the Wall Street Journal circles back around this year in 2015 and starts reporting on how man caves are getting luxe. Like, this is not just like, uh, I'm going to carve out a space in the basement, I'm going to put my old recliner that the old lady won't let me keep in the living room anymore, and I'm going to have a big screen TV. This is like... I'm going to spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to have a, a room of my own. Yeah, I mean, this clearly profiled
0: incredibly wealthy men, one of whom was just a single guy who built himself what they called a tech lair that cost over $100,000. It's like, oh, you know, he can have movie night. He, he has all these bells and whistles. Um, you, there are TVs in the bathroom and, and things like that. But it was so funny when, like, by the end of it, they were like... and. He lives alone. So it's like, does that still constitute a man cave? If
1: our man cave is just now becoming a catch all term for. Well, it's like a a Russian nesting doll. It's like his whole apartment is like the huge man cave. The bachelor pad. Yeah, it's the bachelor pad. And then you get, within it, you get the man cave and then. And then the bathroom. The man bath, the the math room. The math room? Yeah. (laughs) Where you don't have to do any math, fellas. Thank goodness. Unless you really want to. Well, so what, what is going on? Like, what is this cultural push? Why are man caves exploding? Why, well, I guess they have been exploding since the 40s and 50s, but, but what is this cultural focus on it now? Well, Caroline, we're gonna talk
0: about that when we come right back from a quick break. So, the basic explanations for this so-called man spacing are pretty much what we have touched on already. The idea that the domestic space is hyper and men need these specific places they can go and really not have to see all of the frou-frou decor and also signs of children. These are the two main things that come up a lot. What you talked about earlier in terms of the decoration conflict of feeling like your aesthetic is not being reflected anywhere around the house. You walk in and it's just a foreign environment. And then also walking in and seeing the you know the the evidence of little people, little little
1: toys and play pens and such. Yeah, and then also revisiting the idea about that darn all women's movement that made men also feel like they needed to carve out a space where they could sort of reaffirm their masculine identities. Yeah, it was really interesting to see how often
0: feminism was referenced in these pieces, the ones that we're asking, like, well, why is this going on? Um, Because it does seem to bear a lot of the quote-unquote blame for it. Because it's not only, with the feminism argument, it's not so much about, I hate your design aesthetic, please let me put up my... Packers framed jersey on the wall, mm-hmm. but rather I need a space where I can go and not have to worry about offending you with not only my my comments about <laughs> about ladies' bodies, but also my cursing and also too farting. Farting comes up a space to fart, and I'm not joking. A space <laughs> know, to fart also comes up a lot. As in, like, do people not know <laughs> that women fart? All the what? time. What? What? <laughs> Caroline, I just
1: did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. I try not to do it in the... It, I try not to hotbox It's weird. It's studio. weird that
1: glitter has a smell. Well, but this is the same stuff that you hear ticked off uh, when... People are worried about women getting certain jobs in certain industries.
0: Absolutely. Well, and it, like, reminds me, too, of our pinups episode mm-hmm. where you see the decline of those nudie girl calendars mm-hmm. that used to be up in, you know, more all male workspaces because oh, all of a sudden the 70s came around and women don't want to see sexy women on the walls. It's not yeah. okay
1: anymore. Well, yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure. Th- All of this is related because as you have more women entering the workforce, suddenly the workforce is no longer a purely male space. And so it's like, ah, how am I ever going to get away from women? Yeah. I mean, like, well, thankfully, Caroline, we do, as we mentioned
0: earlier, have an entire study. To discuss and it was it was honestly fascinating reading. So it's called Man Caves and Masculinity, as we mentioned earlier, by Risto Moisio and Miriam Baruchisvili, published in the Journal of Consumer Culture in 2014. And essentially what they did was interview a lot of guys, all white, middle-class, Midwestern, married guys, about man caves and the idea of man caves not all of them had man caves but most of them did and and all had thoughts on man caves and they pointed out in the beginning of the paper that previous research on these kinds of masculine gendered spaces really focused outside of the home places like golf courses and barbershops, as Mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier, and more recently, ESPN Zone. And, Caroline, I really want to now read that study about men in ESPN Zone. (laughs) Um, But they really
1: wanted to look inside the home. Right, because like we said earlier, the house is part of the homeowner's identity, and your identity is shaped in part by its decoration and so like Kristen was saying if you walk into a space and it doesn't reflect who you feel you are or what it should look like there's a sort of discomfort there and so inside the home man caves join garages, dens, game rooms, and even barbecue pits as these masculine-defined domestic spaces that are employed to affirm these ideals of masculinity. It's where you can go and fart to your heart's content. Yeah, and and the study focuses more on what they call the therapeutic
0: uses of man caves in relationship to men's jobs, families, and marital relationships. And what they really conclude is that these spaces are helpful for managing what they call identity pressure essentially of being a dude living in today's world and and yeah where what does domesticity mean today what does a masculine gender role mean what does marriage mean what does being a father mean mm-hmm. there are a lot of like valid questions that we ask about ourselves, you know, reverse everything and insert feminine pronouns. Like, mm-hmm. we think about these same kinds of theme things, too. And a couple of
1: predominant themes emerged. Right. And so a key part of these man caves that uh, was found throughout the research was that they're dominated by super doodly possessions, sports memorabilia, the old lazy boy, kegerators, which... I, I I kind of want a kegerator. Um, also, video game consoles. Yeah, that's a big thing too, for sure. Well, my boyfriend and I are planning our future uh, people cave oh. together, and we totally want skee ball. Okay, we want this to happen. You're invited over. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a person. Yeah, you are a person. So okay. you're welcome to come over. Fit the bill. Awesome. Yeah. For real. Um, but this is sort of like it, it's a it's a dude form of nesting. You know, they're picking their own decor, they're picking their special comfy chair, um, and it really serves to legitimize and validate that space. Well, no, like, I need this space because I, I have this chair and I need to watch this this sporting event. Yeah, and it's where you feel the most comfortable
0: and you're surrounded by all of your things. And uh, And I totally, I can get that, for sure. I feel that way when I am in my office at home. I love it because...
1: It's all of my things and it's I Mm -hmm. can close the door. Yeah, exactly. A room of one's own. Yes. Well, but these these spaces also the theme also involved productive consumption. So, you know, whereas you might validate your space by saying, well, no, like I need a place to put all this this, you know, ugly man stuff that you don't want in the living room. They also justify the space as, well, this is where I come to fix my broken motorcycle, fix the kids' broken bikes. It's, it's productive leisure time.
0: Yeah. And I got to say though, pro tip, getting that, that motorcycle through the living room, <laughs> that's tough. That's
1: a, that's a tough move. Yeah. You've really got to
0: shampoo those rugs pretty often. Yeah. Put down some tarps. Yeah. Before. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and in these interviews though, the researchers highlighted, A number of primary man cave functions. The first of which was preventing work stress from tainting family life. Okay, so it's your place to decompress. you had a rough day. You don't want to take it out on the wife. And if there are kids around, too, you don't want to do that. You're just going to go hang out. You're going to play a little Call of Duty. And then pick back up when dinner time happens.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like the the airlock, the the decompression chamber in the in the old spaceship. Yeah. If you're an astronaut, yeah, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. We've got a lot of astronauts in the audience, Caroline. Yeah. I wonder if they have space lazy boys. But then in the same token, it's also used as a space to help prevent that family stress and pressure that you're feeling from then cycling back out and affecting your family. Exactly. And the researchers note
0: that the guys who cited this function for their personal man caves of having the space kind of away from families when they're driving them up the wall, they see isolation rather than communication as a productive tool to weather those kinds of familial challenges. Doesn't work like that. Relationships don't work like that, right? Well, I would argue. It's important. I don't I don't want to, you know, like get too far ahead, but I will I will say for now it is important to at least be, to be able to call time out. Yeah, oh, for yeah. a minute. Sure. But on a brighter note, though, it can also provide a space to interact with kids in, and this is interesting, in a less emotionally forward way. So this is where the video game console comes in. There were a number of guys talking about how, you know, I'm not really, you know, a lovey-dovey, touchy-feely kind of dad, but I want to bond with my son. And Mm so... We hang out, and my man cave together, and we play video games, and that's how we end up catching up
1: on the day and just being together. Well, yeah, and one, one guy they interviewed, like over and over again was repeating the fact that, like, this is how I'm going to get my son into sports. This is going to be how I teach my son about sports. This is how I teach my son to be a sports fan. And it's like, all right, dude, geez, we get it. You want your son to like sports. I get it. But it kind of goes back to, what's the saying? That, like, when women do things together, they're facing side, one another. When men do things together, they're facing side, out. Or, or side by side. Right. And it's kind of the same thing, the same idea with how they want to bond with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and and also bond with their friends, because Mm -hmm. that's another the the last like big function of these spaces is to preserve male friendships that homosociality after marriage and kids happen. And that's, you know, again, understandable. Once you get involved in your LTR long term relationship, (laughs) sometimes. Casual friendships and the regularity of interacting face-to-face with your friends can definitely fall to the wayside.
1: Yeah, but not all men. Not all men are are interested in this traditional idea of a man cave, of escaping the family, of, of getting away from... Conflict or just communication, period. There were some guys that the researchers talked to who were like, I actually think that's kind of regressive and would actually like to share a space with my family. Or my wife and I have an office together, and we're not necessarily in there at the same time all the time, but it's a shared space. Um, So I I think my boyfriend would fall into this category of I don't want to deliberately isolate myself if it might negatively affect my relationship
0: and perhaps we should have said this earlier but by focusing this episode on man caves we are not then by extension assuming that all guys are really into man caves because I got to tell you Caroline in every conversation I've had with a fella some of my best friends are guys (laughs) Um, every conversation I've had with a guy um, and I've tried to talk to some married dudes with kids about the man cave uh, idea, too, before we came in to do this podcast, were a little like, oh, God, really? Oh, man caves. Oh, no. Well,
1: because I think pop culturally right now, maybe it was different before uh decades and decades before. But right now, man cave is having a moment as like the crazy out there, like to the extreme. It's basically the 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 house equivalent of Pimp My Ride. It's like, do you really need a, a popcorn maker in your car? <laughs> <laughs> pimp my basement. Yeah, pimp my
0: basement. It's the same thing. Yeah, and then we could get into some gendery stuff about pimp being used in such casual ways.
1: <laughs> uh, well, no, but I mean I think that for some people, that 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 out there man cave that we're talking about, the the whole stereotypically like super male space. I mean, it has, it does have its female equivalents, and, and there are women who want an equally super, uber feminine space to sort of get away from any and all masculine things. Yeah, like a kitchen with a door. <laughs> right, exactly, yes.
0: Although, in all seriousness, referencing my parents again, my mom does have a sewing room, and that growing up was
1: her woman cave of sorts. Well, if you remember on the Cosby show, Cliff built Claire her own mom cave and he literally, like, I I'm not kidding. I I am not kidding. I still think about this as an adult person that I wish I had it. Because he insulated it so well that he's like once you close that door, you won't hear anything. You won't hear the kids yelling. There was, like, fresh new carpet. She had her own balcony. Like, I would just go in there and lie on the floor and nap. It sounds wonderful. I
0: remember that, now that you mention it. Yeah, maybe (laughs) Clara Huxtable had
1: the original she shed. Uh Because, yes, Caroline, that is a term. Yeah, when we posted this to Tumblr, I was so entertained by the responses because it was was split, 50-50. Half of the responses were like, oh, this is so cool, I want one of my own, like, I would put my music stuff in there, or my art stuff, or I would sew in there, or just nap away from the children. The other half of the responses were like, seriously? Basically, the response that we hear a lot to man caves. It was like, seriously, you need your own hypergendered space away from your family? Here's the thing, Caroline. So speaking of hypergendered spaces, I do
0: want to mention that in 2012... There was an incredible trend piece, yet again, in the Wall Street Journal. I'm not kidding. They have the man cave beat covered up, down, and sideways. And this piece was about how man caves are getting so nice, so we're about to reach like peak man cave, (laughs) that their wives, these guys' wives, wanted to use them, too, but only for things like quilting. And the reporter quotes a woman in the story named Maria Butterfield, who talks about hanging out in her husband's NASCAR-themed man cave. And she said, I enjoy being in there because it's kind of like a little getaway from the rest of the house. When I'm in there,
1: I'm not reminded about dishes or laundry. (sighs) But, I mean, a plug to our episode on the Division of Household Labor episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, But that's really, though, not
0: as bad as what a guy named Dan Cunningham also interviewed for that Wall Street Journal piece said. He's the owner of the Michigan-based mancavemarket.com. He said, quote, a chick cave? (laughs) That's what the rest of the house is.
1: Oh, Dan. Dan, if you're, Dan, if you're listening, no, you're not listening. Well, there's, there is no equivalent. You can't draw a parallel between the whole house and the man cave because in the whole house, like that's still real life where chores have to happen and bills have to be paid and things have to be vacuumed and folded and whatever. It's, a, it's communal spaces. Yeah. The man cave is, it's well, it's for the man and that's where things are Escaped from. That's where you can go and you can play video games or, or if you're Mark Twain, right? you know, it, it sounds wonderful uh, to be able to escape. There was one guy quoted in that study of man caves and masculinity, and he's a stay at home dad. And he said, Yeah, you know, I just, I really needed a space to escape. You know, my kids have 65% of the house and I just have like 25%. And I was like, Wait, okay, 65%. So so that means your wife has 10 per- did you save her the kitchen like cuz that's not really a, a lady space I mean traditionally it has been gendered as such but to claim that you get to escape in 25% of the house as your own and the and the wife or your partner doesn't have the same uh doesn't get to enjoy a, a space in the same way you can't yeah. you can't equate a communal space with a man cave. Yeah, I mean, granted,
0: my kitchen is a relaxing space for me because I enjoy cooking while drinking wine and listening to fresh air. Because I am apparently a thirty year old in the body of a fifty year old. Um, but yeah, it's it's not. I don't consider it though my, my Kristen cave. Right. In my apartment. And even the idea though of, of the she shed, of this follow up question of like, well what about women caves? Like, I, to me it's... It's almost beside the point because why are we so focused now on these hypergendered spaces? Why can't we just say that regardless of what kind of relationship you might be in, whether you're living with another woman, whether you're living with another man, whether there are kids there or not, at some point, pretty much everybody needs some space of their own. If yeah. it, if it, is at all possible. And this is also, too, by the way, a highly socioeconomic, privileged conversation to be having because it's like, oh, really? Oh, you've got extra space and extra money to turn it into something? Well, bully for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I don't understand why it's so controversial for someone to just say, I'm going to go in the other room. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, well, that's why I mean, you mentioned whether you're living with another woman or you're a man living with another man. I'm like, I'm super and I know we will. And I'm super interested to hear from our listeners who are living in a same sex living situation, romantic or or not. Um, It might just be a roommate situation. I'm interested to hear if our listeners do have these spaces because it doesn't like I said about my boyfriend needing his space in the house to work and me needing my space in the house to work it doesn't always have to be this hyper gendered like like you're the man and so you get the race car room sometimes it's literally just like well no I, I work from home or I craft or I would work and so I need a space yeah and so I'm interested to hear from all all different types of people basically what those spaces look like and honestly I think it's Healthier to enjoy having
0: those spaces. Well, with that, let us hear from you. What do you think about all this man cave, she shed, rooms of one's own (laughs) ideas? MomStuffAtHowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also tweet us at Podcast or message us on Facebook. And we've got a couple of messages to share with you right now. Well, I've got a letter here from Kathleen with a question. What the heck are dad bods? She writes, Thank you so much for the last two podcasts on yet another way women's bodies are objectified. I've not yet had children, but having the information at the back of my mind will really come in handy if people ever inquire about when I will get my pre-pregnancy body back. On that note, I was taken aback this morning when my fiancé started discussing the new trend of dad bods and how it's okay for men to be letting themselves go so that women will feel better next to them. I was honestly shocked about the articles I read and their justifications. I thought that this would be a great additional piece to the Mother's Day series about what I guess could now be called the mom bod. If this is a new trend now, then maybe you're too great analytical driven minds might be able to explain it. I would also like to put in a request for the politics of maternity leave. Why is the U.S. so far behind other developed countries? Well, Katie, yours and so many other (laughs) listeners' wishes are coming true because the next episode this week is on dad bods. And
1: believe me, we've got lots to say, so stay tuned for that. Well, I have a letter here from Christina about, well, mom bods. Okay. Honestly. Uh, she says, I just listened to your baby weight episode, and I wanted to offer a thought on the get your body back concept. I haven't had a baby as of yet, but several of my friends who have had babies have expressed the idea of wanting their body back during the end of their terms. Rather than the idea of looking beautiful, it's more of a, I've had this house guest inside of me, kicking me, eating my food, etc., and I am ready to be done and just be me again. So with that in mind, I could see the idea of getting your body back being a reclamation of freedom to make choices for your body that aren't constrained by having a baby inside of it, rather than just an oppressive enforcement of beauty norms. And speaking of oppressive enforcement of beauty norms, or lack thereof, dad bod. I think there's a lot to be said about the virality of it and the myriad opinions on it. And I would love to hear you guys tackle it. She says, personally, I'm kind of horrified by the phenomenon, but I can't really put my finger on why. Well, so there you go, Christina. Uh, like Kristen said, one will be coming up. Uh, an episode will be coming up about dad bods next.
0: Yeah. And I have a feeling that there are listeners who waited, or aren't listening to this podcast right when it came out. And you've already got dad bods in your queue. So binge listen to that. And in the meantime, we want to hear from you. Momstuff at howstuffworks.com is our email address. Although I am thinking of changing it to dad bods podcast at howstuffworks.com. And for links to all of our social media as well as all of our blogs, videos, and podcasts, including this one with all of our man cave sources so you can and really should check out that man caves and masculinity study, head on over to StuffMomNeverToldYou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.